Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Morning ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the McAvoy Supervalue GA podcast on wearecavan.com You'll have to excuse my voice, I'm coming down with a little bit of something I think um, In preparation of Christmas, sure It wouldn't be it wouldn't be off season Paul if I didn't get a wee bit of a flu or something Yeah, yeah, ah, look at hardest working man at Cavan Yeah, I like TM. that Damien O'Reilly tagged me with that, I think I'll hold on to that one So it's hardest working man at Cavan GA Oh, okay, alright but I'd look at it. Could be the hardest working man overall, definitely. Um, we're going to look back over convention, Paul. If that's all right, if you don't mind, you've you've a bit in the cell this week, but you were at convention. First, you to start off on it. It's turned into something that nearly while the, you get the report, you get most of your information from that. There's nearly no need to be at them because there's no conversation, there's no debate. Clubs don't uh, clubs don't seem to engage anymore in it. Yeah, in terms of reporting on any kind of debate, uh, you might as well not be at it because there is no debate and there hasn't been. Like I've reported on 11 conventions now and I've very rarely ever seen any anything of interest in coming from the floor. Why uh, is that happening? I think there's an apathy there among clubs, to be honest. Um, delegates just sh- just aren't bothered. Like, and, um, now in fairness, like, they ran a good ship this year on the county board. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that there's anything... This, they should have been jumping up and down about. Like the the finances were very good. Um you know, the senior team got promoted with a new manager, that's sorted, and everyone's happy with the new manager. So so like obviously there are always gonna be things that should be talked about, but overall it wasn't a bad year. Yeah. But I have seen bad years there. I've seen years where where going back seven, eight, nine years ago, where the, the minors under twenty one and, and seniors all lost in the first round of the championship and uh where gate receipts were low and where the board was posting a deficit in the accounts and delegates just sat quiet as, as George Mice so is it gone to the point has moving it to a midweek night taken away the appetite for people actually spend a bit of time look over the books have a discussion over it because I remember convention being at weekends on Saturdays Sundays mainly but it has started in mid-afternoon and people would say well look at I'm here for the evening and that's it so I'm going to put in my speak yeah, and and if they didn't get it finished, they'd come back the following weekend. Like yeah. it just be held in St. Pat's uh, back in the seventies, and I mean it was hot and heavy, and every single report. So every officer at the board, which there's about eighteen or so, they all have to produce a report. So that's from coaching and games, coaching officer, also rep, handball, score, um, treasurer, secretary, chairman. Mm. Everyone has a report, and what used to be done back then was they would stand up, deliver the report. And it could be the first time that the delegates might have might have seen it. I think it maybe that time, and then they then they take a pummeling on it. Yeah. And over every, every aspect, hurling, ladies, well probably not ladies back then, but now what what happens is they go through the treasurer's report. Fair enough, and it's very thorough um, for Martin Cahill. And then they'll they'll basically say you've got the handbook there. All the other reports are in it. Can we get a proposal in second there? And uh, there's any questions, and there might be an odd question. There might be something. Um, pernickety like just maybe clearing something up now I, I do remember a delegate two or three years ago said 
he gave out about the about the expenses and said that that um you sat here last year and told us that we were gonna that you were gonna cut costs, cut spending and we're sitting here saying um and we're seeing spending has gone up and he says if we come back here next year and spending has gone up you're gonna have some serious questions answer. I was there the following year, spending went way up <laughs> and the same delegate was there. I didn't ask I didn't ask anything. So I included in my report that uh I think he'd said something like if it's if it's gone if it's still going north and I was saying, Well, the man from, from Lacka must have went south because he wasn't to be seen this year again. But look at um yeah. they're all volunteers on on the floor. So yeah, so we, there was there was a few talking points. Look, I suppose I suppose to start off, you're, you're you're after hitting on that one. The, the player expenses have gone up once again. Um, yeah. So first of all, I should say that I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that the board put in a bad year or anything like that, and that the delegates are a joke for not holding them to account or anything. I'm just passing the observation that debate from the floor is more or less. I think of the past now, which is yeah. unfortunate because well, it, it livens up things as well. Well, not only does. did it liven things up, but it shows you've got an interest in it. Like, and to bring it back to, I spoke to a man and we had this discussion about the fact that there was no, there wasn't a comment from the floor. The mic literally didn't hit the floor this year. Yeah. So, and he he said as he was walking in, there was two delegates from a, a particular club walking ahead of him, and one of them said, "Well, I'm going to ask a question about this." And the other delegate said, you'll not ask any bloody questions. We're in out of here in a couple of hours and that's it. Yeah. Now, you know what I mean? That, 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 I just wonder which, which way does it work? You know, is it that, is it that people are saying, well, look, I don't have the time of a Thursday evening. Or, or is it just that there's no apathy there to ask questions and hold people accountable? Yeah. I don't know which yeah. it is. I, uh, yeah. It's, it's one of the two. Like, I, I remember, remember being at a convention about five or six years ago and it was, it was looking like it was going to be over in about two and a half hours. And Liam McCabe was the secretary at the time as he is now, and he said something like, uh, uh, "Jesus, this is going to be the quickest convention we ever had." Something like that, a comment like that, and uh, it w- it was. But I'd say Thursday night was way quicker than that again. Like less than two hours. Less than two hours. Like that is definitely, yeah. d- definitely the shortest convention. Like I remember covering them in in Corner uh, Fane and um, Drumavadi. Actually, I'll tell you a funny story. I covered one in Drumavadi one time, and. Uh, not that I'm an old timer, like, but it's about ten years ago, and um, depends what point of view you're looking. at. <laughs> the lights went out in the middle of it, and uh, Kieran Callahan was vice chairman. I'd just been elected as vice chairman, I think. And as the lights went out, you could hear a shout coming from the back of the hall, and it, the unmistakable voice of Paddy Shane. And he says, "Did, did Kieran Callahan wire this hall?" <laughs> Good man, Paddy. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, he asked me for some for some talking points. I suppose. Um, well, first of all, if we start off with the, with the chairman's report, and he made he made some very strong comments about reserve football. He described the rate of walkovers in reserve football as as unacceptable. So I'll read you through uh, just the quotes from Jerry Brady. He said, "I am very concerned with the number of reserve league and championship games that have been conceded during 2018. It is unacceptable that 35 percent of reserve league and 15 percent of reserve championship games were not played. Reserve football plays a major role in player retention." And it is my view that a number of clubs are paying are paying lip service to this grade. On the other hand, some clubs put in a great effort with the, now. That's one point, and yeah. he's right there. But he also hits on. A, I, th- I have to commend him. He hits on a very important thing here. On the other hand, some clubs put in a great effort with the reserve teams during the year. But when they re- reach a reserve final, they pack their team with first team players and leave genuine reserve players on the bench. Is it not better to give your genuine reserve player an opportunity to play in the final rather than benching him and wondering why he's not torn out next year? 
I appeal to all clubs to have a serious discussion about your overall approach to reserve football at your upcoming AGM or next club meeting. Put a plan in place, appoint the right people to manage your reserve team, appoint people who have a genuine interest in reserve football and are prepare, prepared to put in a proper effort to ensure all players available are contacted and persuaded to play. Yeah, which which is a completely valid point. And if, a little bit later on we'll, we'll hear... Um, actually, do you know what? We'll, we'll put in... The interview I done with Jerry Brady after convention here now because it brings up a lot of the points that we're going to be discussing later on. It's, it's best place to put it in. So here is the, the chairman of Cavan County Board, Jerry Brady, after convention. Kieran Callahan Electrical, shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049 Delighted to be joined here in the Hotel Kilmore after. The Calvin Convention for 2018 by the chairman, Jerry Brady. Jerry, I suppose a short meeting, less than two hours. You know, it's a long cry from the, the three days and maybe four days of years ago. It is, yeah. I remember it well. I attended conventions for many years uh, back in, in the 80s and into the early 90s. And uh, they would go on in fo- smoke-filled rooms for, for two or three days uh, or for a day and then the, the night, the following night. Look, it has become a lot more streamlined now. And uh, I think the huge advantage now is that all the reports and all the documentation in relation to the CLAR is forwarded to all the clubs prior to the meeting. So they have a chance to go through everything. So they have a fair idea of what's coming up and the, and the content of, of the CLAR. And that's hugely important. That really means it's streamlined and we can get through it a lot faster. We also don't have a huge amount of motions coming through anymore uh, from, the, from the clubs. And again, that is hugely different to years ago where nearly every club put in motions about this, that, or the other, and every motion got to the floor and was debated that to be in order or out of order in the past, and that's come back into the 80s and 90s. Now, if motions come in, they are better to make sure that they, they are, are accurate and correct, and uh, then if they, if they are, they're, they are put on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, that I suppose as the years go on, uh, things have tightened up, we've got our bylaws pretty, pretty tight. And as a result of that, nothing is coming in really on, on, on a major scale in relation to bylaws or motions. I suppose from looking at it, maybe is there is there part of it that you'd like to see a bit a bit of debate, or, or is that happening at the county board meetings that's helping? Yeah, well, debate does take place at the county board meetings. Issues, and we have regular county board meetings. You know, issues are brought up. Uh, I think a lot of the time, a lot of the debate is about uh, finance. You know, and we did have have uh, longer meetings in, uh, over the last number of years in relation to the, the county board's finances. As you know, we streamlined them there back about three years ago, and thankfully our finances are in great shape at the moment. We still need to be very prudent and control our expenditure and keep a tight rein on it. But our finances are in great shape at the moment, and that takes a lot of the debate and a lot of the questions uh, out of and from the meeting. So it does, and that's that's very very positive. You know. Uh, it's great that we showed a profit of over 400,000 this year, but part of that is ring-fenced for our Polar Ground Centre of Excellence development. So it's not part of the day-to-day accounts and the day-to-day income and expenditure. So, but having said that, we still have a profit of over 120,000 from our day-to-day expenditure and income. So it's, it's a great healthy position and fair play to Martin Cattle, Tom Moore, and everybody associated with the board and the clubs of the county for their outstanding support, uh, financial support to the board. Yeah, I suppose, look, at it, it can't be run without the money and, and, and the money situation is, it's improving all the time, which is a big positive. I suppose maybe a good contribution to that this year, the, the decision, well, 
partly because of the county board uh, having to resurface Kingspan Breffney, but to go to the club venues, it's seen an increase in the gate receipts for the club championships. Was that expected? We were kind of worried because traditionally uh, our best gate receipts were from Kingspan, matches in Kingspan Breffney down to the years because it is very central and a lot of people can skip into the car and make Kingsford Breffney within 20 minutes, mm. you know, and for a lot of matches, people came in from neutral clubs that weren't actually involved in the game. But uh, moving out to the clubs throughout the county was a huge benefit, a huge benefit to, to ourselves and the board from a financial point of view, but also a great benefit to the clubs. It gave clubs the opportunity to show off their wares, show, show off their facilities. It also was a financial success for them as well because they did their half-time draw or they did their lottery as well. And that was hugely beneficial to the clubs. And it was a credit to every one of the clubs that the effort that they put in. And it was great to see the enthusiasm around the clubs, see all the stewards out Man in the, the, the turnstiles, man in, uh, around the pitch and making sure that everybody was getting in safe and looked after while they were there and getting out safe. And there was, there was a brilliant atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky as well that we had a number of draws and that, that helped our gate receipts as well. Uh, so a combination of, of the matches going out to the clubs and the fact we had a number of draws meant that we had a very healthy gate receipts. And as I said in my report, uh, uh, address the convention that is something I think our CCC will look very seriously at next year and uh, the early rounds of the championship being uh, fixed around the different clubs in the county as well. Mm, was it, wasn't it a real positive to see as you said the financial aspect of it was a positive both for club and for the county board but I think you hit on it there to see the stewards see people being involved and showing off their local community and, and the GA pitch is almost the pride of that local community and you got the opportunities to do that put on a high-vis vest and direct a car or, or open a gate or close a gate it doesn't matter there was a huge amount of community involvement there was yeah and it got a huge amount of people involved and uh, that's great that's great for community so it is and if there's a local uh, village in the area close to the pitch you know, supporters will stop off on the way around to or from the game as well. So it helps the local economy again. It was only in the nice spring market, the streets or whatever it is, or they go into the local uh, restaurant or pub for a drink or whatever. That helps the local communities in those areas as well. So it's great to be able to give something back to those communities. Yeah, it definitely was. I suppose we can uh, look forward to 2019 on the football pitch. It'll be it'll be strange not to mention Mullinyocta's success and on. Off air, we were talking about how if Mickey Graham hadn't been snapped up by Cavan, every county in the country would be looking for him when their when their senior position comes up. Now, we we, we definitely got lucky in Cavan that Mullinyocta's success was after the appointment. Well, we're lucky from that point of view, but I don't think we were lucky in actually making the appointment. It was a very astute <laughs> appointment by by the by the committee that that sat down to to pick to pick the successor to Matty McLean. And, you know, Mickey has had a fantastic role. Like what he's done in Mullinyocta was just phenomenal. Like they, they had good raw material, they had been there or thereabouts for a number of years before Mickey went there. But he put the structures in place, he put the self belief, he put the discipline into place, and he has got the results. And, and, and rightly so, the work that he's put in has been phenomenal. And the buy-in for the players has been fantastic as well. And uh, I think it, it 
hopefully Mickey will be able to bring that success to Cavan. Because I think it, I think Mickey and, and Dermot and the rest of the backroom team are going to be major, major uh, successful with Cavan. We're going to have to give them time. We're going to have to let them put a structure in place, get a pattern of play going. And it is going to take time. They're going to be involved in a lot of young players as well, I think, going forward. And we have to give them a chance. So hopefully our supporters will get behind them and give them the time to really develop a, a method of play and a pattern of players that will bring Cavan success in the years ahead. Yeah, fingers crossed. The only... Um Change on, on the, the, the county board, I suppose, was Tom Moore stepping, well, his five years had been done as um, assistant treasurer or, or vice treasurer to the county board. So I suppose a, a brief word on him, but a, a, a real good GA stalwart. He's always there to help out and going to continue, I think. Tom is just a, a fantastic worker. Uh, the amount of hours that Tom has put into his role as assistant treasurer over the last five years has just been phenomenal. People don't realise organising gates, organising people who will, will collect the money on the gates, getting floats ready. He spends endless hours in the back room in the shop there in Bellingham looking after all that. And nobody realises the, the amount of, of unseen work that Tom does apart from his wife and his family. And, and uh, he's still going to continue doing that, even though uh, he's been replaced now by John uh, John, will, we probably will give us a different role, maybe in relation in relation to uh, generating more finance from other areas, from commercial areas, from club rugby, assistant Paddy Shane with club rugby, and give him a specific role. But Tom will still continue to work very, very closely with Martin Cattle in relation to organising our gates and that. And apart from that, Tom has just been a very, very cool, calm, and wise head, and a great assistance to us on management. Mm-hmm. Like he's on our management committee for a number of years there, and he, you know, he sits there, doesn't say anything for a while, and takes everything in, and he weighs it up in his head, and then comes out with a solution, nice and calm and cool, like his personality yeah. is. And he's been an outstanding uh, benefit and support to us at management level, and I'm delighted to say that he's going to continue on our management committee uh, going forward. Brilliant stuff, yeah, here, here. It's, uh, I suppose, 2018 saw, and maybe the end of 2017 saw. Cavan County Board embark on an ambitious but I suppose an unnecessary development in, in the polo grounds. Um, 2018 seen huge progress in that, in the, the purchasing of some land and the, the plans being drawn up and there's, there's definite movement in the right direction and something is needed. It's just essential that we get this ground or the Polar Grounds project developed as soon as possible. Uh, as you know, because of our finances over the years and our borrowing at the moment, we said from the outset that we weren't going to go back to the clubs looking for any more support in relation to funding or finance for it. We feel that we, we're not going to go borrowing for it as well, if, if possible, keep away from that as well. So what we're doing is we're trying to fund it by extensive fundraising both at home and abroad and uh, then hopefully grant aid from Crow Park and Ulster Council. At the moment we have 300,000 ring fence forward, we have that in the bank at the moment. We probably need another 300,000 minimum uh, from fundraising and from uh, hopefully grant aid and that's our next our next ambitious project. We will be launching a major fundraising campaign uh, in early 2019. So that's that. I just want to let everyone know that, and we'll be looking for the support of not alone people in Ireland, but also abroad in the UK, US, Australia, or wherever. And I'd just like to thank uh, all all our supporters in the US, especially from the O'Reilly and his committee in New York, and people in San Francisco, Philadelphia, Boston, many contributed a huge amount to the our fundraising uh, to date. Have you been? 
I suppose obviously you'd be encouraged by it and delighted, but the the expats, the the people from Cavan, but who are living outside of Ireland, their, their willingness to step up and put their hand up to to really help with the Cavan GA community back here, it's it's been something that I've looked on and thought has been astonishing. Yeah, look, that you could be out in Australia, America, or wherever for six years, six months, or. 30 years, but you're still a Catholic person, you know, and that's the great thing about it. When you're out there and you meet these people and uh, you see the enthusiasm, you see that how, how well informed they are about what's happening still at home. And I suppose social media now mm. makes it very easy for them to keep informed. And you just see the enthusiasm that's there and their willingness to contribute, their willingness to be involved, and their willingness to see Cabin having the, the best quality facilities, their willingness to see Cabin, you know, really looking after youth, having the facilities to look after youth and to develop a squad of players that are capable of competing with the best in the country. And that's that's what the Polo Grounds project is about. We need training facilities, we need grass, we need to be able to look after our development squads, we need to be able to come to develop a conveyor belt of quality players they, that's going to come through on a regular annual basis and eventually have a very, very serious uh, senior panel that can compete with the best in the country. But we need our polo ground to, uh, project completed in order to really, really get to that stage. Yeah, and I suppose linking on to the polo grounds, it's coming into your final year, your fifth year in term as, as chairman. What would you hope for 2019? I presume Polo Grounds is obviously one of the steps, but what what would be the ideal finish for 2019? Off the playing pitch, the Polo Grounds project is the number one priority away from the playing pitch. We need to get uh, the sods turned on that and get the get the dozers in and start developing developing that that project. Uh, of course, the big priority is success on the pitch at whatever level, preferably at senior level. I know it's a, a big ask to ask Mickey to, to, to deliver silverware in his first year, but look, at he's shown what he could do with one and Yachta. He went into the media, he, he produced silverware in his first year with one and Yachta. There's no reason. We have the players there. We need the, the buy-in, total commitment and total buy-in. I think Mickey and his background team are going to get that. And there's nothing to say. Like we're man in the first round. What better could you ask for in Kingsman Brefty? We played them the last four occasions we played them. We drew with them once and we lost the other three championship matches by one single point. And that shows you how close we are and have been. And I think we have a panel of players there at the moment that can compete with anyone if they believe it, if they work hard enough for it and if they give 100% to the management team and vice versa the manager being given 100% to them that we can compete with anybody out there in Ulster and why not be ambitious why not just have that dream that this time next year we can have at least an Ulster title sitting in Cavan and there's no reason that we shouldn't I'd love to see that happen uh, before before I ride off into the into the distance yeah well I suppose with Christmas coming up you better write that letter and hope that you've been a good boy Jerry because <laughs> Santi hopefully will deliver that all of Calvin will be behind it so look at best of luck with your final year and, and, and we'll, we'll keep in contact okay thanks very much Jamie Brady's Arva Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, so going back to it then, Paul, 
As I say, he, he's covered an awful lot of points there, which which we're, we will be going through. But the, the one before we, we introduced the interview was about reserve football. And when you think back to my thoughts on the two Division 1 finals, both league and championship, teams were packed. Look, you, you had a player playing in the Division 1 final who played McKenna Cup at Cavan this year. The same year. Yeah, same Cor- calendar. Cormac year. Daly. Yeah. Like he played McKenna Cup. And he in in this in the same year, so he's basically in around the county panel at that stage. And by the end of the year, he's playing reserve football. Yeah, James McEnroe playing with Rammer, who was a leading player for Cavan seniors in the last few years. I know he didn't play the last year or two, but uh, we did play under Madeline, I think, in twenty seventeen. Think so, yeah. Like you know, it's and like, I'm not criticizing the lads. The the rules are there, but but is there a rule? And this is where the debate happened, or, or, or I had, I think it was actually off air, I had with Jerry Brady. Is there a rule that you can implement there that's going to stop that from happening without punishing the clubs that don't have the big numbers to play the two teams? You see, that's, that's where we'll say, for example, we'll, we'll, we'll call them... Uh, the, we call them the, the green jerseys <laughs> We call them the green jerseys The green jerseys have a panel of 45 and they're playing their, still some of their best 15 in a reserve final. And the blue jerseys only have a panel of 22 or 23. They have to dig down into their, their first 12 or, or close to it to get to that, to be able to feel the team, to get football for 15, we'll say, sorry, 22 or 23 is too low, but 28, 29, to get football for those 12 or 13 players. They have to dig down into that. So a, a one-size-fits-all rule cannot be applied and I think that's why Jerry makes the point in his in his address that he he appeals to clubs to do it I'll tell a funny story some may find it funny I, I definitely didn't at the time when I was when I was younger playing football I was on the reserve team for, for Drummolee one year playing a bit of senior as well but mainly every single game throughout the league I was on the reserve team and my dad was part of the management and we got to the semi-final of the reserve league and we were playing I think it was or could have been the final we were playing Kill up in up in Terry Kyle and I was dropped to make room for some of the first team to come in and, 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 and go out and win the game and his argument was to me I was like why am I dropped I've played all bloody year and look it finals are here to be won I mean that's it and that was that was the attitude. That was that was the way cold, it was. Cold. was so you can see why I'm such a cold-hearted <laughs> so and so. But you, you, the, the point is that that idea is out there. We've seen that in 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 pretty much every final this year. That no team has gone. Do you know what? If we lose this final, so be it. Let's let's just continue to to try and play the players who played all year for us. It, it doesn't it doesn't work. And it, it, like it is, it does turn you off football if you're. If you're that age, or you're you're a fellow who's tried hard, it happened to me in in um, when I was about seventeen, and we got to it. Like when you think about the numbers playing that time, we got to a, it. Must have been a junior C championship, so it would have been the second teams of junior teams, and um, I was about sixteen or seventeen, and I played the first couple of rounds, and we got to the semi final of it. Like there must have been, so there must have been. Uh, there was certainly over eight teams because we were in the round of sixteen. So like there was good numbers playing football at that time. We played we played Mar Nugent and we beat them and we played Shercock and we bet them and then we played Drumgoon in the semi final up in Drummelee. But it came to the Drumgoon game and uh, a fellow wandered into our dressing room who had been a great player but he hadn't played football in five years, but he had been a top senior player. Um, but it was in working in Dublin and hadn't played in five years. Right. And he was brought in that day and I was dropped. And he was brilliant for ten minutes and then he wasn't fit. But like 
at that age, it does send out the wrong message. Yeah. It's, like, I, that's 17 years ago, and I still remember how, that. How much football did you play after that? I could play a bit. I did play bits, bits and pieces. But 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 I, I wouldn't bits. say that was a big turning point, but it, like, things like that would, would, would chip away at you, like, mm. that annoy you. Like, not that I look, I know I wasn't ever much of a footballer, but, but, but still, whether you're much of a footballer or not is not the argument here. It's about what's, what's the ethos of the GEA? What are we trying to do? Here? And, and if you can bring through your fellas who aren't great footballers, <coughs> they might be your. Your um, secretaries or chairman or yeah, in time like of course, and, you're, and you're under twelve coaches or whatever it is. So like, yeah. there's definitely I, I have to commend Jerry Brady on the, on those comments. Yeah, thank you. I I completely agree with you, and I think it's 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 incumbent on the clubs now to make a decision. What what do they want? Do they want the reserve championship or league sitting in their trophy cabinet, or do they want plenty of numbers? That, that and that that literally is the debate that's going on at the minute. Like, what what does your club want to do? Do they want to achieve something by being the centre of the community, or do they want a piece of silverware? Yeah. At least, look, if you get to a final, start your fellas. Like, yeah. you, you always have, you might have some big guns in reserve, but give your lads, a, give them their, their chance. Like, yeah, I completely agree with you, definitely. Um, so, second second talking point then, um, as it was player expenses. Yeah, so we're going to, if we move on, I suppose, to the Treasurer's report, I guess, get up here in front of me. Again, a very, very detailed uh, and thorough Treasurer's report. Um, people talk about transparency. The, the accounts in Cabin are extremely transparent. In fairness. In, in fairness. fairness. And Martin Carroll goes through it with a fine-tooth comb on the night. And uh, you could see by Martin that he wanted questions. I, I was actually, I spoke to an officer of the county board who, who said that Martin was disappointed. Nobody asked him a question. Nobody said, well... What's that about? What's that about? Because he had all the answers, oh, you yeah. know, and that's he, he had put the work in. He knows yeah, it. Like, yeah. I, I generally have a couple of conversations with Martin Cahill every year, and one of them is usually a day or two after convention, where I ring him to pu- to pull him up, or not pull him up. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Just ask questions. Just ask questions and, and explain stuff to my through my ignorance. I didn't understand, and I, I might catch him in the car driving or something. He won't have the accounts in front of him, and he'll remember everything. Yeah, off the top of his head, he'd be like, yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's a, there's a figure there for sixty one thousand somewhere you'll see, and that'll balance that. Balance that, and he's very impressive. But yeah, look, uh, I suppose the board posted posted a profit of four hundred and twenty four thousand, which is up one hundred ninety five thousand on the previous year. But there were mitigating factors. There were exceptional items there, which were a um, hundred grand raised in America for the Polo Grounds project, a hundred grand raised in Ireland for the Polo Grounds project. Yeah, and then ring cor- fenced money. Ring fence money, and then a corporate night, which was in November 2017, was in the accounting year, which raised 120 odd grand, 127 650. So, th- th- but even at that, they still made a profit. Now, thinking back to maybe, like I, I saw years where they were posting maybe like a 40,000 surplus, which looked great, but your loan repayments at the time were were something like 260,000. So yeah. the Cavan worked anywhere near covering their commitments at the time. So the, the, the accounts are in much better. Now, Martin Cahill is always, obviously, he's always wary and he's urging against complacent. And he, what he, the most positive, not that he's negative, but the most positivity you're going to get in relation to accounts, he's never going to say, look, we're, we're cash rich, we're flahulik. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said, we've semi turned the corner. We've semi. But, look, <laughs> he, um, but you, you asked me, Damien, about the. Gate receipts was it? No, no sorry, the bearer's bearer's expenses. Which, when we're, I'm just going down through the um, the accounts here in front of me as well. But the the players' expenses, um, they're up this year again. Yeah, the players' expenses this year came in at six hundred eighty eight thousand one hundred and forty euro. Now, as opposed to twenty seventeen, which was six hundred seventeen thousand. Sorry, that's not. 
we should make there that's not player expenses that's county, team, county administration. teams administration yeah. expenses that's the amount of money that was spent preparing the teams Martin Cal said this figure covered all teams and I stress all teams and he pointed out that the return of the senior hurling team accounted for part but definitely not all of that and now, not all of the increase I think he was, he was pointing out yeah, not all the increase. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, yeah that's what I mean. So if you take that at, at a 40-week season, so let's say they started on the 1st of December last year, roughly, and might probably start earlier than that, but let's say the 1st of December last year, and they went through until the end of July, roughly 40 weeks. That works out at €17,200 per week. That is 17000 per week. If someone was to come in with a do- donation of 17000 you'd say, wow, that's that's some fundraiser, or that's some donation. That's only covering it for seven days. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's huge money. Now, the, the figure... I, I checked back, to put that in context, and back around Tom Riley's time as chairman, like there was a blaze of publicity um, around convention and stuff like that, and we used to get the accounts before convention that time, and Tom's speech and Martin Cahill's at the time used to focus on how they were cutting the cost of preparing the teams, that they'd cut back, and they did cut it well back, but in 2009 or so... Um, I just don't have this in front of me, but I did check it back. 2009 or so, it was about five over 500,000, maybe 550, something like that. And they managed to cut that back quite a bit. Now, you know Horton team at the time, um, but it's spiral now. And a big f- one figure that I thought I thought was pretty extraordinary was under the heading team travelling expenses, there was a figure of 262,527 euro. I asked Martin Cahill about that because I thought, well, maybe that includes includes every single travelling expense. And he said, well, he, he kind of said it included buses and so on, which didn't wasn't fully clear. I should have gone to clarify further. But an awful lot of that is the actual travel expenses paid to players. Now, some of this was offset by a grant of 63500 from Central Council towards players' travel and, and nutrition. Hotels aren't included in that figure. That's right, yeah. Hotels are further, 21000 Which are up again this year from the previous year. Yeah, well, the, but then that's up to the vagaries of the fixtures. Yeah. They, they were away in Clare and places. And Cork. Yeah. Like and then you have your championship one, which is always, barrier playing in Kingspan Breffney, there's always a hotel experience yeah. on it. Yeah, so... Um, but that figure of two hundred sixty-two thousand for for that is is a lot, and the figure of of six hundred and eighty-eight thousand. Now, saying that, I, I happen to see the Ga- the Galway accounts, and everyone knows Galway is some serious shenanigans going on over there. Um, yeah, but theirs was one point oh, eight million. One point eight million preparing yeah. teams. Like, so it, it but having said that, that's dual county. That's a dual county all the way through. Yeah. So they're preparing underage hurling teams, underage football teams, the whole way through. Absolutely. But it should be noted that the hurlers didn't claim any travelling expenses. Yeah. And Liam McCabe Which said that in his report as well. And Martin Cahill made the point that Liam McCabe said that they were very, the, the officers of the board were very impressed with that because the hurlers came in and said, we're not going to take travelling expenses and we're not going to take very much gear, just the minimum amount of gear because we we'll just want to hurl. Well, look at the gear. Actually, the, the sports gear and equipment went down. Now, it's only six, seven hundred euro, but it went down from 2017 to 2018, even though it included the Horland, the County Horland senior team. So there obviously was a bit of a reduction there. Um, but that, that amount usually correlates to O'Neill's input to the county. Yeah, O'Neill's gives give 65 grand uh, of sponsorship, which comes in the form of gear. 
Yeah. So basically, it's 65 grand's worth of gear. They bill for it and it's written off. And it appears in the accounts at 65 grand's worth of sponsorship, which is which is generous. And O'Neill's also gives commission from the sales of replica jerseys, which is 27 grand. Have a make on it, so you can see where where you know O'Neills are smart. Like some would say, they had a, had a bit of a monopoly there. And there's other crowds trying to get into that now, but O'Neills are very good to county boards. Like, yeah. like that's a, that's a big chunk of money there. O'Neills it are given. It's going to be hard for anyone to come in and get a county board to sign up. If unless those sort of figures, unless someone can come in and say, look, we're we're going to match. Um, you're 27 grand on, on replica jerseys and you're 65 grand's worth of gear. We're going to match that, and and even if they are matching it, why would you change? Why yeah. would you just fix something that's that's broken? Like I think O'Neill's are, and O'Neill's are there for a long haul. It's a shrewd, it's a shrewd business move. But the the, the point being on it that your 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 gear went down. The hurlers are coming in, and they're they're setting the example. In fairness to them, there there's always been that claim that there's certain lads are only on a county panel for the. For the gear, what yeah. the, what they were called called was gear and expenses, lads. You know, like that. that the lads that are, if they weren't getting them, they wouldn't be putting on that Cavan jersey. You can't throw that at the hurlers. No, you cannot. You cannot. And I think that that uh, the county board recognised that now. Like thinking back to to the boom times, I can. We all parties, but, as but I said, there was some horrible <coughs> stories coming out about expenses. Then four lads in a car, and each of them claiming. Expenses coming down the road. I I know for for a fact because I've heard it from the horses. Right, the the were fellas living in Dublin at the time who are, who are making a nice few hundred quid a week out of it. Yeah, yeah. Without having the expense of actually yeah. dieseling the car. Yeah. No, I yeah. think we all know them. We yeah. all know them and all heard of them. I don't think we're at that point, or if we are, I, I know. I'm not even suggesting that. Yeah, 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 don't, yeah. I hope nobody gets me wrong there. Like whatever the players claim, they're entitled to it, and it's all audited and everything else. I'm just making the point that that. It's part of the overall cost of, of preparing a team. And if you're asking a fella to drive anywhere, he should not be out of pocket. And, and he's not now. And he's getting his nutrition and everything else. So, look, the yeah. players are, are well looked after now. And rightly so. And the other the other thing, just very quickly, Martin Cal talked about was was how the GA underwrites their, their player player welfare scheme. Is, is it called? The, it's not an insurance scheme, but it's called the... Uh, I'm not sure what, it, what it's called, but it's it's what you claim from when, if you get injured playing. And, like, in Cavan, again... Uh, something like 120 grand went out of Cavan yeah. and 170 came in and that's every year and I asked Martin Cahill afterwards are we an exception because a few years ago he did sorry re- they pay 120 so clubs pay clubs pay a subscription and out of the, the Cavan clubs whatever they, they play the player in. injury fund costs 120,000 and, and then the payouts to Cavan were about 170,000 this year Jeez. but I asked Martin Martin Cahill made a point in a few years ago and it was a big t- deal Like I was surprised the Nationals papers didn't pick up on it uh, a county treasurer making this point but he said look there's fellas getting injured playing soccer and rugby and, and they're claiming through their GA clubs and he warned against it but he's, he, every year he makes a comment on this and he always makes the point that if you keep taking out more than you're putting in this scheme won't last so I said to him is it just Cavan that's kind of I wouldn't say abusing it, but is Cavan get more of it than they're putting into it? And he said, no, Cavan are actually good in that sense. There's counties that are putting in. So who's making up the difference? The GEA are underwriting it to the tune of about two million. Right. And he said, for all the bashing of the GEA there is, they recognise that. Uh, the value of The value of, of looking after their players. Yeah. And they, and they know that they're keeping the subscriptions low for, so clubs can afford it. And they know it's not going to cover everything, but they're going to pay it anyway. And I mean, that's something that should be highlighted that the GEA are doing. So what you were saying though about the two hundred and sixty-two thousand, you were saying that sixty odd thousand was actual player expenses. What's the rest of it made up of? 
can you remember? Did he? Did you ask? No, uh, more than sixty thousand is player expenses. I would say. Um, okay. Uh, they get a grant from Central Council of sixty three thousand five hundred and forty two euro uh, towards players' travel and nutrition. But there would have been there would be more than that. Um, I'd imagine maybe there was cost management costs in there as well. Okay. That heading. Um, there was also a, a figure of team development costs which came in at, at 46,000 which related to strength and condition there was a masseur employed at the cost of 15 grand a lot of fees came up uh, but one thing I was surprised was Martin Cahill didn't make very little mention of J.P. McManus's donation of 100 grand he, he, he just he, me- he mentioned that's because it never really affected his accounts it came in without. doubt it was oh, a club donation. Sorry, yeah, you're right. You're so right. that's so why to the clubs. Yeah, it, okay. it came in with doubt yeah. essentially. That's why he made no representation. Because I, I, I actually made the same mistake. I said at the Jerry off air. Where, where did that money go? He said just straight out to the clubs. That's right. Like, All right. That's okay. Right. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So moving on then <laughs> to the uh, the gate receipts, and I suppose this this can fall in under two headings: gate receipts for the the club matches and gate receipts for the the national or the, the Allianz Leagues and the, the, the contributions. Actually, you can follow the three headings because usually you get gate receipts for um, games that, that are... It's a neutral venue that, that, that Kingspan Breffney is rented out to. So they, they, Yeah, they well, ground rent was, ground was down rent. because we, the pitch was out of action. So there, were, there was no uh, All-Ireland Championship or Provincial Championship matches played in Breffney. So straight away your ground rent was taken a hit because... Because Berkeley Park does make the money as well. Like people talk about the cost of it, but it does it does yeah. generate money. It generates income. The, the overall so the, so the gate receipts, uh, sorry, gross local gate receipts four hundred nine thousand this year four hundred nine thousand six hundred and fifty eight to give it its exact now, figure. Th- that's the highest in history. Isn't that phenomenal? It, it is phenomenal. I'm, I'm gonna up, I'm up gonna pat you on the last back. year. I'm gonna pat you on the back here, Damien. You started the podcast in 2015, right? The gate receipts in 2014. Uh, were about 280 grand 2015 there were 278 grand you started a podcast and you dragged <laughs> me into it and <laughs> kicking and screaming and gate receipts have been up ever since gate receipts have, have rocketed ever since the, the last year so 2015 2016 um, gate receipts were were 374 grand That's right. last year there were 331 but 2016 you had two replays in this county year, finals in county finals this year there were 409 now there's a reluctance on the part of Martin Cahill and I have noticed this to to basically just say look the the championships were played at club venues and that's the reason the gates are up and we should have done it years ago so what no one said no, like so what it should have been done years ago and they made a bad call on it they, they were I, I was banging that drum for years, and well, I, it I actually it, it actually nearly wasn't even their call because it got into the habit a good few years back where every club was giving out and saying, "Well, we want our day in in Kingsbury. We're paying towards the stadium. We want our day in there." And the clubs have to take the responsibility in that as well as the county board. Yeah, I, I agree, but but little bit of, little bit of strategic planning there. Yeah, we probably should have looked at it and said, "Hold on." There's so many shite games in in, in Breffney Park that for that reason alone. But I I raised it because I sat through so many crap games in Breffney and I raised it year on year and I kept being told, oh, we, "We've we've done sort of trial runs and pe- the people won't come to yeah. anywhere else other than Breffney." And I knew it was rubbish. Um, I knew, uh, that was my gut feeling. So, but anyway, but there is a reluctance there from Martin, and I know that he's a money man. 
And he doesn't want to maybe say, yeah, well, the board probably missed out on money in the past by not doing this, not taking a risk. And he said he described it the other night as a gamble that paid off, and it was. But it's a pity they hadn't gambled earlier. Uh, it <laughs> because I, I give you. I give Is you it fair to call it a gamble? They were forced into the situation by 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 di- by uh, resurfacing the pitch. Yeah, they 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 didn't make a call. Well, they had they they I could mean, have done it a different time of year. Well, they, they mightn't probably couldn't because whatever time you have to see the pitch or whatever. But uh, it was. It was a gamble in that they, they might have said, "Oh, look, maybe we'll wait a couple more years till the finances are in a better shape or something." But yeah, okay, it. okay. But the reason I say that is, again, Martin, Martin was like, oh, um, "It's up to four hundred and nine thousand, but we had a replay in the junior final." And <laughs> I was like, "Hold yeah. on!" So I actually went back, and I was like, two years ago, you had a replay in the intermediate and the senior, and, and there were and, massive and there, crowds, and there were, well, up, there were it, big crowds. It was up thirty-five grand on that as well on that year. Yeah. So. Um, I, like that's that's huge. Was there extra games? I'm trying to think. Like, was there intermediate? There was a draw in the quarter final. It, it and it is all relevant. The number of games played. Now, granted, yeah, last year until you get the semi-finals, you always get yeah. you always get draws. I don't think this was the year of the draw. You had two drawn semi-finals in the senior all right. That's but, true. But last year you had you had two you had two draws in the quarters, or there was a three draws in the quarters. Of the senior. Do you remember I had the bet? That's draws? right. That's right. There was three and and and. I do remark that this year, coming out from Kings Court, the drawn semi-finals, certain county board officials saying, "Well, this didn't work. The people didn't come up." You know, there was one figure of a twelve hundred, was it, at at one of the semi-finals? So, yeah. the, you know, the, the, now maybe I'm wrong on that figure, but I remember the county board officials saying they'd be coming up. Well, the, thi- the thing there was, uh, I, I remember asking you because you know the highways and byways better than me. But is there anywhere further? In County Cavan, that you could bring Garner than Kingscourt. Yeah, I was saying I don't think so. I don't think so. Like slightly west. I was like thinking so. maybe Black Lion, but they'd be closer than no, Black Lion. No, no, no. How would you get the Black Lion? Cut across through Arva. Arva. There you go. Cut across you're, through Arva. And you're like a the west Planner. of it, Templeport. Like from from Garner, you'd be you'd definitely be in Black Lion in less than an hour. I'd I'd imagine anyway, but Kingscourt could be an hour and hour and fifteen minutes. You know, definitely there isn't there isn't a yeah. So maybe that was a factor. Like that might have put some people off it. And uh, but the the overall point being, the experiment as we'll call it, worked. Oh, Count, absolutely. Ca- Count, county or uh, club championships need to stay in these regional venues. And funny thing was that I think they will though because Jerry Brady referenced it in his in his speech. And the thing is, the clubs want it because the clubs are making on it. Like Garner had one exactly. match. I spoke to a Garner um, officer. They only had one match. They weren't complaining about it, but it's their location. It was a Mullahorn game. Yeah, yeah Mullahorn Ballamy Q. And it, that day was worth over a grand to Garner between their ticket sales and their shop and stuff. Yeah, and and take take it around all of the the clubs, right? So all like, clubs are benefiting. The the attendances are higher. The costs then in Kingspan Breffney are lower because you don't have to pay for the the parking facilities. Now I know that that may be a negative on one thing, club. The, the other thing is though you weren't getting. You didn't get the same money from the shop, people who rent the shop. Um, but that might be that might have if Cavan had a home championship match against Monaghan next year, like that might write that off. Yeah, that'd be a big day. But um, if 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 a Monaghan Bally McHugh, with all due respect, in an early round match was was worth a thousand euro to Garna for hosting hosting it, uh, you'd have to imagine then must have made a fortune because they had big senior games and they had six of them. Yeah, you know, and like I'd like to see a stand put up and then because. Of the twenty-seven club grounds that were used in the championship, uh, Cross Keys was the only one with no stand, and it got more more matches than anywhere else. 
So uh, the pitch is immaculate. It's a great venue. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the heartland there, where the strong clubs are, like the Ballydoff or the Casarans and the Rammers and Crushalaws. They're all not Kilgary, too far away. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, all yeah. a short yeah. drive away. But I'd like to see Dan put up that stand. Yeah, I know it's in the plans, and and, and the sooner the better because they're, I they're do know people. There. It's well stewarded as well. Yeah, I do know people who who were put off going to games in Den because they're saying if you're not there very early you don't get a, a fence position and therefore you don't get to see the game you know and that's right so you know once the ring around the field is 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 full up that's it that's that's all you're going to be able to hold so it would be it'd be brilliant it'd be brilliant but look at that's that's for them to to solve themselves um the the national league share came down and this is something that was predicted would happen um if in 2017 when Cavan were in division one it was 111,176 it came down to 76,692 so it's a big drop but then we're returning to division one so you expect that to go up again next year yeah that'll, that'll go up again next year yeah that, um Cavan got to a final there's it's, it's very interesting to look through the whole occurrence you can see like there's different levels of funding you get. You get more if you get to a final. Even if you get to an Ulster minor final, like it's worth a few grand here from the Ulster Council, right. things like that. But um, look, at I have to commend them on the accounts. It's a good job. I think it has been a pretty pretty progressive year. Club championship was the best ch- club championship I think we've ever had. Um, it seems like a long time ago now, but when we were in the middle of it, we were saying it was the best ever. And we going into the final, I remember me and you saying this has been the best championship ever. Yeah. And then we had the best final ever. That's right. So that's like right. The highest attended final ever as well, or well, the highest attended in the country. Oh yeah. But like possibly ever in Calvin. Like so, like you had that. Okay, the, the senior team got promoted. The the championship was a disaster, and yeah. the league fight from basically from from that Tipperary win that got them promoted. Like it all went south there. Like, um, but that. You'd be hoping now with a new manager, like, and they've ba- they've backed the right horse there for manager. Like they could have went with Aidan O'Rourke or Michael McDermott or um, other people that were in for the job, but th- they went with Mickey Graham, and subsequently, I think they've been proven right because he's the talk of the country for his exploits in Molyneux. Yeah, it's funny actually. I I and I only got listening in for a couple of minutes last night and off the ball, but Dave McIntyre and I don't know was it Joe Malloy or who was chatting to him. They were talking about GA and you know where where will the end for Dublin come? And somebody texts in simply saying, when Jim Gavin goes, watch it. You know, that then whoever was talking to Dave said, look, at could Jim Gavin go to a place like Cavan and win in All-Ireland? And uh, could he be the Messiah? Dave McIntyre's response was, we've already got the Messiah. <laughs> Mullen Yachta manager. If he can do that with Mullen Yachta, he could win in All-Ireland with Cavan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's, that's fact. Now, he did say, I am saying in jest afterwards but at the end of the day it's still it's still a thought in people's heads if he can do that with Mullen Yachta what can he do with Calvin and that's that's the positive that's in it so there's a great feel good factor so well done well done on their appointment there as I said as you heard Jerry Brady I said maybe got a little bit lucky he said no no it's just very very strategic so he's uh, very cute on it the last talking point on convention the under 20s yeah so I know, was it you, Damien, who listed in your fact file thing in the Celt that listed the under-20s defeat as your biggest disappointment of the year? Or was yeah, it, was it was. Yeah, it was. And like, yeah. You said two things in that, and I was like, the bollocks, I wanted to say them. Right. Well, there was that one, and then the other thing he said was, um, you think Dublin are not, Dublin are, are slipping, but you can't see who's going to beat them, so you have to yeah. go for Dublin. And that's exactly how I feel about the All-Ireland next year as well. Like, yeah. I, Dublin are vulnerable, I think, but I just can't see who's going to step up and, and have the have the uh, cojones to beat them but um, yeah just go on Jerry Brady's under 20 comments 
He said the under twenty team had a disappointing campaign and they were defeated in the first round of the Ulster Championship by Donegal. I, f- I feel that this competition is taking place at the wrong time of the year and should revert back to March in the fixture calendar. It is very difficult to prepare a team properly due to April being a club month, third level exams in May and leaving certain exams in June. As a result of the timing of the competition, the under-20 manager, Kevin Downs, decided to step down and I wish to thank him and his management team for our commitment. We are currently in the process of appointing a new management team for 2019. So, it was interesting that he, that, he, that it was sort of the fixtures was put, put down as the reason for that defeat. I do think that was a freak defeat. I do think that if they played Donegal ten times, they'd they actually beat them probably eight or nine. I think they would. Like, like well, I, well, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. But, but Donegal lost next time out. I think Donegal yeah. had one of those days that everything they touched turned to gold, and Cavan were just something. They were just flat. But Derry were the team that everyone expected to win Ulster. There was no doubt about that. So Donegal lose the Derry then next day out was the you Donegal know, were favourites to win Ulster before Cavan played them. Were they? Yeah, yeah. Right. Because Cavan were four to one. And I had a big bet on that. I had a tenner Jeez. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't tell Valerie. She'll kill you. Um yeah, like it it, it, it was it was extremely disappointing. They I think I think that the GA do have to look at the competition yeah. now. Like for the points relayed there by Jerry, the timing of the competition doesn't work. It doesn't match. And even to the to the conflict now of that before this a senior manager could be saying, Well, do you know what? I let him I let a player go, play with the under twenties, develop in confidence, you know, get a get a run in a championship and, and become a better player. And then once that's over, he's still gonna be in with me for the, the the championship, the Ulster Championship. But now that's gone. You don't have those options of overlapping again. And I I, I don't know that that's to the benefit of, of the competition. And therefore, if it's not benefiting the competition, it's leaving out probably ninety percent of that that age group getting really good competitive championship football. So yeah. I think that there, I think it's something the GA definitely has to look at. Yeah, it's uh, you couldn't pick a worse worse time. Like no, it was fine where it was. Yeah, yeah, but like some of these things are sacred cows. You know, like I was laughing at Niall Miner's comments in in um, in the Irish Examiner yesterday. I'll try and drag them up here on my phone. Um, Niall Miner, of course, big Sigerson Cup. Advocate, advocate um, for DCU, obviously, and he made. I think this the comment he made was um, towards the end. I felt for the poor players. They wanted to play for me. They wanted to play for the county. In my opinion, it's a box ticking exercise. Sigerson has he played? Let's get it played. In fact, if they get the way they played over two weekends, I was like, two weekends is plenty for the Sigerson. Who who yeah. is the Sigerson catering for? It's just catering for players. There's no fans of any interest in it. I'm sorry, but the. The idea of the Sigerson Cup was back in the in the day when if you went to college in Dublin and you were from Cavan or from Kerry or from Cork or Galway or wherever, you went up and you spent three, four, five months up in Dublin. Yeah. And therefore, to get football, college football was the only way you could get it without joining a club in Dublin. So it was it was to cater for those people. Yeah. And, and that's what it was. And th- and you were recruited on the basis of your football. It's become a complete arms race. Yeah. And. It, there's almost a transfer market in it. Yeah, like it's, cra- it's crazy. We're 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 third level. We just on a massive tangent here, but we're third level football. Um, has some value, I think, is at the lower levels. Yeah, the trench cup and even below that, because you've got actual f- fellas who are studying together and happen to be in the college at the same time. Get together a lot of the time. It's, it's the players who are running those teams as well. That's right. Um, but when you get to Sigerson, a super professional setup, and I I just think it's I just think it's mad. But yeah, what got me thinking about that was the under twenties, like. You know, 
some of these things are sacred cows and they need to be they need to be slaughtered. Yeah, definitely, definitely something like that. So look at thanks very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the McAvoy Supervisor GA podcast. Thanks to Paul Fitzpatrick for his insight and to Jerry Brady for speaking to me after convention. Keep with us on Patreon.com where we'll have regular podcasts. The interview with Fimber O'Reilly um, is up live on on uh, We Are Cavan on Patreon.com. So and there's lots more coming over the Christmas week. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavanese! Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave and it's over the lap. And Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Andy Leggett Farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah.